RTHK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines, the MTR says its investigation into yesterday's disruption on the Chunwan line is focusing on a component that may have fallen from a fence by the track. The government demands answers from the rugby union after a protest song was played instead of the national anthem at a rugby tournament. And a specialist warns that Sino-US relations are at the worst level since 1979, ahead of a summit expected between President Xi Jinping and Joe Biden. The MTR Corporation's Operations Director, Tony Lee, says an initial probe shows the incident with a train in Yamate yesterday morning may have involved a collision with a component that came off a fence beside the track. The incident disrupted services on the Chunwan line for the rest of the day. Mr Lee told an RTHK program that the investigation is continuing. We'll look at it from different angles. For example, we'll look at its maintenance as well as its condition and whether there's any wear and tear. We'll also look at the design. We'll spend more time carrying out a thorough probe. Meanwhile, passengers welcomed the resumption of normal services. One passenger, surnamed Lau, said she didn't expect the trains to be operating normally before 6 o'clock this morning. I planned to go to Chimsha Chui by bus. The MTR Corporation said trains will be operating normally today, but I didn't expect it to be that early. I'm happy they fixed the problems before the first train departed. I have to thank the engineers. The government is demanding an investigation from the Hong Kong Rugby Union after organisers of an international tournament in South Korea played what it described as a song closely associated with violent protests and the independence movement in 2019 in place of the national anthem. Vicky Wong reports. The song was played as the Hong Kong Sevens team prepared to play South Korea in last night's final of the second leg of the Asian Rugby Sevens series in Incheon. Organisers made a public apology and played the national anthem of the People's Republic of China at the presentation ceremony after the game. In a statement, the government said it strongly opposed and deplored the playing of the song. A government spokesman described the national anthem as a symbol of our country and said the organiser of the tournament had a duty to ensure that the national anthem received the respect it warranted. The spokesman said the administration wrote to the union last night demanding that it deal with this matter seriously, launch a full and in-depth investigation and submit a detailed report, as well as conveying the government's strong objection to the series organiser Asia Rugby. The government said Asia Rugby had apologised to the Hong Kong union for the mistake, which it said was a result of human error by a junior staff member of the local organiser. The Hong Kong Sports Federation and Olympic Committee says the organisers' apology is not acceptable. China specialist Mark O'Neill says the stakes are extremely high at talks expected to take place today between President Xi Jinping and Joe Biden. The two leaders are meeting on the sidelines of this week's Group of 20 summit in Bali. It'll be their first face-to-face meeting since Mr Biden became president. Mr O'Neill says Sino-US relations are the worst they've been since 1979, with many potential crisis points, and he wasn't optimistic that the two sides could improve their communications. Previously, of course, the US and China had talks on different sectors that went on even while political relations were deteriorating. So, of course, we hope that this will happen. But I'm afraid the current ambiance is such that I don't think it will happen unless we have a very unexpected breakthrough. uh, I think the lines will remain cut. 
The Officer of the Privacy Commissioner for Personal Data has issued an enforcement notice against EC Healthcare saying it violated the Personal Data Ordinance by sharing clients' information among its brands. The office took action after it received complaints involving four centres operated by the medical service provider. In one case, a complainant who visited a doctor in prime care was later told that her information had been transferred to Dr Reborn, which the doctor had just joined. Both centres were acquired by EC Healthcare. Here's a Privacy Commissioner, Ada Chung. Essentially, I consider that after acquiring prime care and also New York Medical Group, EC Healthcare failed to obtain the relevant consent from its customers before it put their personal data in the internal integrated system for use among the 28 brands. In this regard, then I find the practice disappointing. Turning overseas, Turkey's Interior Minister Suleyman Soylu says police have arrested a person suspected of having left a bomb that caused an explosion yesterday in Istanbul. The blast on one of the city's busiest shopping streets killed at least six people and injured more than 80 others. Earlier, the Justice Minister said it was thought the bomb had been planted by a woman. The BBC's Ola Geren reports from Istanbul. It was the first major bomb attack in Istanbul in years. As the casualties were rushed away, Turkey's president was offering his condolences, adding the culprits would be punished. Turkey's Justice Ministry now says the bomber was a woman who had sat on a bench in the area for 40 minutes before the blast. This city has been bombed in the past by both Kurdish separatists and Islamist militants. People here wondering, are we back to that? The Vice President Fuat Okte said the perpetrators will be found and prosecuted. Whoever is behind these incidents, no matter who they are, not just within our borders, even if they go to the other end of the world, they will be caught. Just as we have caught other terrorists, and they will be brought to Turkey, they will be brought to justice, and at all costs, they will be held to account. The Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, has said investigators have uncovered hundreds of war crimes in areas of Kherson abandoned by Russian forces as they retreated. Mr Zelensky was speaking in his nightly address. Investigators have already documented more than 400 Russian war crimes and found the bodies of both civilians and soldiers. In the Kherson region, the Russian army left behind the same atrocities as in other regions of our country where it was able to enter. We will find and bring to justice every murderer without a doubt. An overnight curfew is in place in the city. There have been recriminations among US Republicans about who's to blame for the party's poor performance in the midterm elections. It resulted in the rival Democratic Party holding on to its majority in the US Senate. Critics of the former President Donald Trump blamed him for the poor showing, while other Republicans have faulted their Senate leader, Mitch McConnell. Voters in Slovenia have elected the country's first ever female head of state. Natasia Pirk Mursa is a journalist and lawyer who ran as an independent with the backing of Slovenia's centre-left government. The BBC's Gaida Lorni reports. Natasha Pertzmusar finished second of seven candidates in the first round of the election, but she was a clear favourite in the runoff. Her opponent, Andrzej Logar, was backed by former Prime Minister Janusz Janša, 
Ms. Pertz Musar ran as an independent, but she was well known in Slovenia after stints as a TV news presenter and information commissioner. She was also the lawyer for the former US First Lady, Melania Trump. Slovenia's presidency is largely ceremonial, but the new head of state says she'll work for democracy, human rights and tolerance. Ms. Musar said she would work to improve the environment also. I want to see a Slovenia where we are more aware that we are facing tough times because of climate change. Young people are now putting the responsibility on our political shoulders to take care of our planet so that our next generation, our children, will live in a healthy and clean environment. Art restorers in the Italian city of Florence have begun a six-month project to clean and unveil a long-censored nude painting. The BBC's Anya Aslam has the details. Artemisia Gentileschi painted Allegory of Inclination in 1616 when she was 22 years old. It's one of the artist's first works and is believed to be a self-portrait. The life-size painting was commissioned by Michelangelo's great-nephew and was displayed on the ceiling of the famed artist's house. But just 70 years after it was painted, swirling veils and drapery were added to Allegory of Inclination to censor it. Now, a team of restorers is using ultraviolet light, diagnostic imaging and x-rays to differentiate Gentileschi's brushstrokes from those of the artist that covered the nudity. They won't be able to remove the veils because the cover-up was done too soon after the original and it risks damaging the painting. Hackers who've been systematically targeting Australia's largest health insurers say they've released a further batch of sensitive data ahead of a Medibank investors meeting later this week. The data released early this morning on the dark web is said to relate to the mental health of some policyholders. The hackers wrote on a blog that they would be watching the shareholders meeting on Wednesday with interest. They've previously released medical details of almost 10 million customers after Medibank refused to pay a 10 million US dollar ransom to retrieve the data. The Australian authorities say they believe the cyber attackers are based in Russia. The Sri Lankan government is due to present a budget for the coming year in which it will attempt to meet strict financial conditions for an international loan without provoking a new round of social unrest. Earlier this year, the island was rocked by mass protests sparked by fuel shortages and rampant inflation. President Ranil Wickremesinghe is expected to raise taxes and cut public spending. Economic reforms are needed to unlock an international bailout worth nearly three billion US dollars. Police in the Bahamas are investigating if there was any criminal activity linked to the collapse of the cryptocurrency exchange FTX. The the firm has its headquarters in the Bahamas. There are reports that unauthorised withdrawals worth hundreds of millions of dollars have been made since FTX started bankruptcy proceedings on Friday. Sport and we start with Premier League football in the final two fixtures before the break for the Qatar World Cup. Manchester United got past Fulham 2-1 thanks to a late winner from 18-year-old Alejandro Ganacho. United boss Eric Ten Hag said he's delighted with his young winger's progress. It's fantastic. Uh, first, he shows the mentality what you need uh, under stress. He's performing, he's coming in, he has an impact, he has the belief. Um, now twice uh, in three, four days, uh, that, that is really good. But uh, I'm really happy that we can bring a young player up and it shows uh, when players deserve it, uh, they get their chances. And now uh, that is the first one, but we have to bring more. Meanwhile, Cristiano Ronaldo says the Manchester United boss and other senior executives are trying to force him out of the club. 
The five-time Ballon d'Or winner has been sidelined since Ten Hag took over in May. Ronaldo was disciplined after refusing to come on as a substitute in a 2-0 win over Tottenham last month, but had returned to the side in recent weeks and even captained the Red Devils in a 3-1 loss at Aston Villa last weekend. But the 37-year-old was absent from the squad in yesterday's game against Fulham. Unai Emery has won his second straight Premier League game as manager of Aston Villa. His side came from behind for a 2-1 victory at Brighton. Danny Ings scored both Villa goals and felt the result could have been more emphatic. Yeah, we created a lot of chances. Um, you know, on another day we would have scored more goals. Um, you know, I thought we were we were brilliant in the way we defended, um, and I think going forward we created a lot. Um, really trying to implement the manager's plan, and it worked really well today. In Italy, AC Milan Serie A title defence is on track after a late 2-1 win over Fiorentina. The BBC's Andy Barwell has the results. AC Milan have cut Napoli's lead at the top of Serie A back to eight points. Milan defeating Fiorentina today by two goals to one. Juventus are now up to third after their 3-0 victory town to Lazio, who have slipped down to fourth in the table. Inter Milan were 3-2 winners at Atalanta, while Nemanja Matic scored a 94th-minute equaliser for Roma in their one-all draw with Torino. In the German Bundesliga, Freiburg have moved up to second spot in the table, four points behind the leaders by Munich, thanks to a 4-1 victory over Union Berlin, while Mainz and Eintracht Frankfurt drew one apiece. To Formula One and a British 1-2 in an action-packed Brazilian Grand Prix where George Russell picked up his first win while his Mercedes teammate Lewis Hamilton finished second. More from the BBC's Jack Nichols. There was drama up and down the field in the Brazilian Grand Prix, but George Russell seemed to be invincible to it all. He held the lead from the start and comfortably controlled the race to take his first ever win in Formula One. He was under a bit of pressure at the end from Lewis Hamilton, his Mercedes teammate who'd fallen down the order after a collision with Max Verstappen in order to climb back up into second place. But Russell held on and at the line won by 1.5 seconds for his first ever win and Mercedes' first win of the season as well. At the season-ending men's ATP Tour Finals in Turin, Rafael Nadal lost his opening round robin match. Nadal went down 7-6, 6-1 to the American Taylor Fritz. Switzerland beat Australia, winning both singles matches at the Billie Jean King Cup women's team event in Glasgow. Golf and Nelly Korda has fired seven birdies in a six-under par 64 to seize victory in the LPGA Pelican Women's Championship and return to the top of the world rankings. Her storming last round saw her defend the title she won last year and lift her first trophy of 2022. Korda missed much of the first half of the season because of a blood clot in her arm that required surgery. On to the weather, it'll be mainly cloudy but with sunny intervals and moderate to fresh easterly winds. Currently at the observatory, it's 25 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity is 74%. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The MTR says its investigation into yesterday's disruption of the Chunwan line is focusing on a component that may have fallen from a fence. And the government demands answers from the rugby union after a protest was song was played instead of the national anthem. The news from RTHK. On your radio and live online, this is The Brew Till Two.